0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Now, but thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, moms, we want to honor you today. Let's honor our moms. And uh, moms, we have a gift for you when you leave um, this morning. And I just wanted to just thank all of you moms for all that you do. There's not a man in this room that can do some of the things you can do. Uh, There's not a man in the world that would want to do some of the things that you do. But you are equipped, you are unique, you are special, and you are loved and valued. Moms, the Lord has made you perfectly, just as you are to fulfill the role with the children that God has given you. And if you don't have children, to be the influence to other uh, young women and, and even older women, that you can train them and equip them because you're filled with the Spirit of God, the love of God is within you. And moms, you are vital to having a godly, healthy family. God designed the home to be a husband and a wife, a mother and a father, to be clear, male and female. To raise up their children. And moms, you have a special calling on your life in nurturing your children and guiding them and leading them. And you have a tough role being a wife. The, the Bible is clear that the husband is the head of the household. And so the wife is to submit, not as a uh, you know a slave-type role. You're, you're equal partners. But there has to be one head in the household and that's the man and i I can imagine that it's difficult sometimes because your husband will be a knucklehead and you have to submit to those things but let me tell you you are the neck he's the head but you're the neck and you have great influence and you need to pray for your husband you need to pray for your family and uh, we just so appreciate you a mother's love is unconditional there's there's nothing like a mother's love and for, for those of us who have lost our mothers, we, we say happy Mother's Day to our moms in heaven. Uh, but the Lord's love for us is unconditional. And I love the song that we just closed with today. You are for me, not against me. I, I am who you say I am. I'm not who I once was. I'm not who sometimes I tell myself I am. I'm not who somebody else says that I am. I am who you say that I am. So we're in this series, Commitment. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about love. I I think it is so cool. When I was putting this series together and uh, the scheduling of the, the topics, Mother's Day was not on my radar at all. But isn't it interesting that we'll be talking about love today on Mother's Day? And uh, so we're in this series Commitment, and we'll be going to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20, and also John 13, 34 and 35. If you have your phones on you, if you go to the, the Bible app, the you version, you can uh, follow along with the Scriptures there. If you go to the three dots, it says uh, More, and you click on that, you go down to Events, you click on Events, it'll have Life Fellowship there, and you can follow along. So my first point this morning is love is the basis for our relationship with the Lord. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. You may want to refrain from answering this because you may answer it wrong. But do we have power to make the choice between life and death, blessings and curses? Do we have the power? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. The Lord is speaking to Moses... And he's speaking to the children of Israel before they enter into the promised land. And this is what he's telling them. He says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Who's, who has the choice? We do. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And Moses is saying, you have this choice. What are you going to do? What are you going to choose Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. One of the greatest things that God has given to us is free will to make choices. And we make thousands of choices every day. Moses goes on to say, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. He's talking to people that are alive. So he must be talking about more than just physical life, breathing But do we understand that there's a whole lot more to life than just existing? Oh, that you would choose life. We know in John chapter 10, 10, verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that what? You may have abundant life? Verse 20, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how, you know, you'll run into Christians and, and they'll say, oh, I love the Lord. Or during worship, they're, they're expressing their adoration to the Lord. But maybe some, some of you are not there yet. Maybe you're growing in your relationship or maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. And you're saying, man, I don't know that I really love Jesus But you grow in that as you come into this relationship, as you commit to the Lord, you begin to love the Lord when you recognize the pit that he's pulled all of us out of and the salvation that we have. And he says, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God. When we got married, many of us, when we got married on our wedding day, we say, oh, I love you. But years later, that love has grown and expanded it it hasn't negated where we began but this in this relationship we grow in love it's the same thing with the lord as we come into this relationship with him we begin to grow in this relationship so you can make this choice by loving the lord your god obeying him so we look at at the bible we look at the scripture we look at the words of jesus and what did he say He gave us some boundaries. He says, if you stay in these boundaries, it's good. If you step out, it's not good. He didn't come to restrict us. He came to protect us and watch over us, just like you do your children. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. Being committed to Him in this relationship. So we're talking about commitment, and today we're talking specifically about love But think about commitment. How many many people are uncommitted today to their marriage, to their family, to the Lord? And He's giving us three keys here. The Lord is giving us three keys to living the abundant life. To having not just life, not just existing, but to living the abundant life. Love God. Obey God. Commit firmly to Him. And he says in verse 20, this is the key to your life. Pretty simple. Pretty simple key. It's not all that complicated. Love God. Obey God. Commit firmly to Him. He goes on to say in verse 20, and if, whenever we see if, what do we know? We know that that is conditional. If you do this, I will do that. If you don't do this, you will suffer the consequences of that or whatever. If it's conditional. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, we know he's writing to the children of Israel before they go into the promised land. But these principles, these truths are applicable to us today. Think about the Ten Commandments. Oh, that was in the Old Testament are they applicable today yes of course they are and so when when we look at these truths and principles that jesus taught and that are in the word they're applicable to our lives as well so again we're talking this week about love um we're going to go to first john chapter 4 verses 7 through 21 and as i was preparing for this message and I want you to do the same. Take note of how many times John, who wrote the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation, who was a disciple that Jesus loved, and John was, was clear to tell us that, the one that Jesus loved, right? But he had, a, he had this relationship with Jesus that I think was different than the other disciples. And I think John understood some things about love, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate about this church family is there's a lot of love in this house. And we're growing in our love for one another, but you look, as I look across this room, I see people that I love dearly, that I know love me, and that you love each other. And that, that's critical, that we love God and that we love one another. But John says here in 1 John chapter 4, oh, the other thing I want to say is, Count how many times John correlates love of God to us and our relationship with Him. I mean, I, I did, uh, just when I was preparing this morning, I, I think I counted 14 or 15 times in these passages of Scripture where John is talking about how the love of God and our love for Him and one another correlates to our relationship with Him. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. God's love is not only a demonstration, God's love is His character, a reflection of who He is. Let me say that again. God's love is not only a demonstration, but God's love is His character, a reflection of who God is. He not only gives love, but God is love. I've known people that will tell you the truth about something. But the character is they're very deceptive, and they, they lie. Are they able to tell the truth? Yes. But their character that you see resident in their life does not reflect that action that you see every once in a while. And so what should be reflective in our life is just yes, we can have you well, let me say it this way. Have you ever had someone come up and say, "I love you?" And then Go out in the community and stab you in the back or talk about you or do things that say, well, wait a minute. If, if that's love, don't love me. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, uh, I did something to deserve a spanking. And, and my mom said, uh, I'm going to spank you because I love you. And I said, I wish you didn't love me so much. <laughs> so... God's love is not only a a demonstration, it's His character. The characteristic of love is God. Um, Verse 7 continues, Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Let's look at this backward. If we know God, we will love. That will demonstrate that we're a child of God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. So my first point is, love is the basis of our relationship with the Lord. My second point is love is a verb. Love is an action word. Verse 8 continues But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Again, we see this intense correlation here between the love of God and this relationship with Him. Verse 9. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world, so that we might have eternal life through Him. I want to talk just briefly about uh, the the three points from last week. We were we're in this series commitment, and I was talking about some of the keys. And the three points from last week were: believe it. Do we believe who Jesus says that He is? And one of the things I said last week is, well, there are a lot of people that, well, I believe that Jesus lived. They might even believe that he was God. The, the demons from hell knew who Jesus was. So the first thing is, do we believe the word of God? Do we believe in Jesus? Secondly, do we receive it? Because I can believe it, but not receive it. We just sang, I am who you say I am. Okay, I can sing that all day long. Yeah, that's a great song. But is that for me? Is that really for me? Do you really love me, God? I know you love people. I know God is love. And I can believe that for other people. But what about for me? Do I really believe Do I really receive what the Lord says about me? And then the third point last week was live it. Live a life that demonstrates we believe, we receive, we yield to God. Because as we believe it, as we receive it, then we go out and live it. We live this thing out. So back to 1 John 4.10. This is real love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins even knowing that some people would not receive some people would not accept christ and what he's done for them he still did it even when we were in our sins i wouldn't have died for some of you (laughs) i wouldn't have died for me probably But this is true love that Jesus demonstrated. And he's saying, I want my children to have my characteristics. Verse 11, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us through our lives. God is living in us. God is love. And so as we begin to apprehend and grab hold of this thing, God's love is expressed through us. And God has given us His Holy Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. The proof of our relationship with Christ is the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's how we really know when the Lord is speaking to us, we, when we're hearing his small, still voice, when we choose to obey because we have this relationship with the Lord and we're growing in that, John is writing to young believers, some whom may have seen Jesus and witnessed the miracles of Jesus. And he goes on to write in 1 John 4, 14, Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. In the last week's sermon, I talked about in the keys, I was talking about when Jesus was talking to Thomas, and, he's, and then Jesus told him, You believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's us but we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and comfort us and so we have this connection with the Lord even though we're not seeing him but we have his presence in our hearts and our lives let's continue in 1st John four fifteen, all who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God declare to proclaim to um, that it's obvious that we have a relationship. That's to declare. Because, you know, talk is cheap, man. People can say all kinds of things. They can say, well, I have a relationship with the Lord. We'll prove it. (laughs) Do you really have a relationship with the Lord? Because if you do, then I'm going to see the character of God in your life. And and, uh, and so we know, uh, verse 16, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. You you don't trust somebody until you have a relationship with them. And when you go through some things, you get to witness their character. Are they dependable? Do they have my back? And so this whole relationship that we talk about every week is so vital to growth in our relationship with the Lord. Do we trust Him? Many of us have testimonies of how we've seen God come through in miraculous ways. You can't have a testimony if you don't have a test. And so God has walked with us. God has done supernatural, miraculous things in many of our lives that we can testify to. And what happens when we yield to Him and we see God move, we begin to have more trust. We begin to have more faith. Lord God, I I don't know what you're going to do, I don't know how you're going to work this out. But I've seen you move the mountains. I'll see you do it again. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Relationship. Verse 16 continues, God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Are we seeing this connection? I mean, John is just hammering this down. He's like, God is love, and if you love, God is in you. And God... And he's just trying to solidify this this thing about love and God and who God is and how that we participate in this relationship and the demonstration that proves that we have this relationship with him. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. This relationship is a lifelong process that God is taking us through. How? How? As our relationship with Jesus grows, we take on more of his character. Remember the fruit of the Spirit? The, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. How many of you have all the patience you ever need? How many of you have all the self control that you could ever have? How many of you are lying? <laughs> Listen, this is a work in progress where God is, is transforming our lives. And it comes from this relationship with Him that we can experience love, that we can love those unlovely people. Cactus people that I talk about. They're prickly. You don't want to get near them. They're going to poke you. But if you could pull apart, pull apart that, that outer surface... You probably see somebody there that's really hurting and wounded and really wants somebody to come up and give them a hug but maybe they're so rejected that they, they're afraid they're going to be rejected they won't let anybody close maybe they've been so wounded maybe they have so much unforgiveness in their heart that it's turned to bitterness i don't know it could be a number of different things but as we live in god our love grows more perfect So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but when we face him, we, uh, with confidence, let me start over, take two. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. When we accept Jesus, we're not going to be judged for the things that we've done. Jesus came to cover our sin. He, he came to pay the ransom. And so we don't need to be afraid when we stand before him. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love drives fear away. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. We should not be living in fear. The antithesis of fear is faith, that we live in faith, that we walk in faith, that we trust God. But again, it comes back to this relationship with him. Verse 19 says, we love each other because he loved us first. I remember uh, one of the jobs I worked at, uh, one of the last jobs I worked at in the industry, when every morning uh, when the crew was out in the... The plants. We'd have a safety meeting, and they'd go around to the management team and ask us if we had anything we wanted to share with the the crew before they go out. And this one superintendent, the last thing he would say, he's like, "Okay, let's get hot. Go get hot. In other words, get out there and sweat." Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, it's about to get hot right now. Okay. 1 John 4.20 If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Love is a verb. It's an action word. (laughs) Love is not easy sometimes. And some of the most difficult people, some of the some of the people that need to know and feel and experience the love of God and our love are the hardest people to love because they can't receive it. They have issues, like all of us. But that doesn't mean that we react. We should not react. We should respond in love. Have you ever had somebody get in your face and you you begin to just talk to them in love? And maybe they begin to break down and cry. I've had that happen. I had a guy I worked with, he got in my face, and well, I'm having a tall moment here, transparent, authentic, and honest. And initially I was thinking, go ahead, take a swing, man. Because when you do, I'm gonna clean your clock. But I calmed down and I went and sat in another Gentleman's office and cooled off and I came back and uh, I talked to this man. I said, look, I apologize for getting upset with you, but you don't have permission to talk to me like that ever again. And you know what happened? He began to cry. <laughs> and he began to tell me that his wife and him were having problems. And this guy... I don't know of anybody in the whole facility that really liked this guy. But you know what? He was super hurt, super wounded. And what he really needed was somebody not to get in his face, but somebody just to embrace him and love him and tell him, you know, I love you, but you don't have permission to do that. Think about the woman that was caught in adultery. They brought her, I don't know where the man was, But they brought her and they were ready to stone her, not with Jack Daniels and marijuana. They were ready to kill her. And Jesus began to write and all of them left. He said, where are your accusers? She said, they're gone. And he said, I don't don't accuse you either, but go and sin no more. Woman, this almost cost you your life. And sometimes we need to love people enough to embrace them, but help them and say, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. And you're not going to do that to me, and you shouldn't do that to anyone else. Sometimes that's what love takes. But you know what? It also takes having a relationship with people that we can speak into their lives, and that they can speak into our lives. Because we all have blind spots, but love will do that. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Love is not just based on us loving God. We should also be so full of love that we truly love others. That we truly love other people. We don't just talk about, oh, I love you. Love is a verb. What are you doing to prove it? I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Just repeat after me. Lord, help me to love others like you love them and in the same way you love me. Okay, now that you can trust, I'm not going to have you say something weird. Let's, Let's pray this again. I think God honors this. Repeat after me. Lord, help me to love others. Like you love them, and in the same way you love me. We pray that prayer every few months. I just feel impressed to lead us in that prayer. And I think that's a prayer that God really honors because you know what? I've seen it change my heart, I've seen it change my life. And when we when we love other people, when we love God and we love other people, it is tangible. I've been in meetings or or situations where I'm talking to somebody, uh, uh, you know, in a job situation, and the power of God is so strong. The love of God is so strong. Grown men are about to cry because God's presence is there and it's moving and it's touching hearts and lives. Do we understand that we can be the conduit for that? For God to pour through us and really love one another? It will change the world. It changes our lives. It changes the lives of the people around us. It can change the world. So on Mother's Day, consider the love between a mother and a child. But consider the love that the Lord has for us. It's greater, it's great. It's stronger. So my first point is love is the basis of our relationship with the Lord. My second point, love is a verb. My third point is true love is demonstrated. Let's not just talk about it. Let's demonstrate it. John 3, 16 through 18. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That was the reason Jesus came to save us, that we would have eternal life, that we wouldn't be separated from God. Verse 17, God God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Verse 18, there's there's no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. We're not going to stand and be judged because Jesus has paid for all of our sins. Praise God. 18 continues, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That's the only way we get into heaven. It's by the blood of Christ and the forgiveness for all of our sins. By believing in Him, but not just believing, oh, I believe Jesus was a man, I believe He was a prophet, I believe He was a teacher, but receiving it, Are we receiving everything that God has done for us, that Jesus has done for us, to have eternal life, to live the abundant life that he came to give us? I love 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And we know the word says that it's impossible. Say impossible. Impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. Where would we be without hope? But Paul writes, the greatest of these is love. John 13, 34 and 35 says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. This is Jesus speaking here. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. That's not the new commandment. The new commandment is love each other just as I have loved you. That's the new commandment. And what do we see? We saw Jesus not only demonstrate that by dying on the cross. He washed the disciples' feet. He met their needs. John 13:35 Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's what's going to prove to the world that we're disciples of, of Christ, that we're committed followers of Christ, the love that we have. You know, all these other things. You can quote Scripture all day long. And somebody that's not a believer, that doesn't mean anything to them. Okay, well, great, you memorized some Scripture. I doesn't mean anything. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People's lives are changed. But when we go out and demonstrate the love of God, When we're so filled with his love, God is love. And if we have love, God resides in us. We have his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And we have the opportunity to make a difference in people's lives every day. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are disciples of Christ. You know, that's that's the biggest proof that we can have right there. So my first point is love is the basis of our relationship with the Lord. Him to us and us to Him. Love is a verb. True love is demonstrated. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you did at one point in time and you walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand and catch my eye? Anybody here, there's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building today and not receive. Maybe you're watching online and you would say, That's me. I would just ask you to pray the simple prayer. Just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, into my life. I receive you today. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I thank you that you have and that you are and that you will. I receive you in my life. And I thank you for this fresh start. I thank you for this new beginning. And I thank you that all that old stuff is gone. You're making me new, that I am made new. And as of this day, I'm made new. That all that other stuff is gone. It's covered by the blood of Christ. And I receive you today in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, I want to pray one more prayer. Lord God, I pray for the fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to wash over them in a manner that they would have a greater sensitivity to your Holy Spirit, that as they pray, they would hear your voice above their own voice, above the other voices, and that uh, as they read the Word of God, as they read your Word, it would come alive, and that you would speak to their hearts, and that you would do miraculous things in our lives that only you can do, Lord, that you would prove yourself faithful to them, and they would understand the true meaning of love, your love for them, and they would grow in their love for you and love for one another. And so we pray these prayers with great expectation. We pray that for all of us, Lord God, that we would have a greater understanding of your love. Paul said, I wish that you understood God's love, how deep, how wide, how far. Even though you can't understand it, I wish that you could understand the depth of God's love. So Lord, help us to understand the magnitude of your love as much as we can, as much as we can grasp. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name.